Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show that is the worst thing on the internet unless you've seen pictures of John Candy naked or used Apple Maps. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. I am your host, Brian Levine, and just back yesterday from uh, the great city of Kansas City and the Pipe Show. So tonight in Pipe Parts, we'll cover what went on at the Pipe Show and what you all missed if you weren't there. Uh, My guest tonight, two young guys. Members of the band Mother Folk, Nathan Dickerson and Bobby Paver will be with me. We'll talk to them about uh, about music and what it's like being young and smoking a pipe. In fact, I think if you add their ages together, both of them are uh, younger than me. Uh, music, we'll have some more Mother Folk. We'll get into the mailbag and a rant. All that coming up on uh, tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And hey, please remind your friends, remind everybody that you know if they smoke a pipe, they need to be watching or listening, watching, listening to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yeah, brand new episode every Tuesday night available on iTunes or Stitcher or Podkicker or all those places where you download them. Share it around. Let your friends know. All right, so it's uh, the middle of summer. And I have now switched into my summertime tobaccos. Why? Because it's been hot. It's been miserably hot here. It was a little hot in uh, Kansas City. And it's been time to switch into the summertime tobaccos, which I've talked about before. So I'm wondering, are you guys switching into your summertime tobaccos? Also, how'd you do for Father's Day? Let me know. Let me know what you got. I got... uh, a complete collection of all the Pixar short films. Uh, looking forward to spending some time to be able to sit down and watch all of those. And uh, no, I did not get an asbestos blanket to cover up the ashes. Darn it, I really wanted one too. All right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company. And here we go. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. Meet Aaron, one of the most important people at SmokingPipes.com. In our shipping department, he's one of the cogs in the highly efficient wheel, if you will, that's responsible for making sure your order goes out right every time. Ain't that right, Aaron? I don't know all about that cog in the wheel stuff, but I do know at SmokingPipes.com, I take my work very seriously. Pulling tents of tobacco, weighing bulk tobacco, triple checking orders, and getting them out the door. Since it's so easy to order from SmokingPipes.com, you're keeping Aaron pretty darn busy. Look at him go, go, go. <laughs> In fact, it's been a challenge to get him to stop long enough to say hello. But Aaron doesn't mind. He loves his job at smokingpipes.com. Why is that, Aaron? Because I don't just ship pipes, I smoke them. 
Gotta run. <laughs> Just log on to smokingpipes.com or call us at 1-888-366-0345. We are quality. We are experts. We are smokingpipes.com. Welcome back, and I want to warn you, if you hear a little bit of a uh, buzzing or hissing in the background, it's because I've got a small fan sitting down here to my left blowing up underneath the computer to keep it nice and cool because it's hot here, and my uh, my old laptop is not real happy with the temperature. Uh, it also keeps my left leg cool, too. Um, anyway, all right, so let's get into what happened in Kansas City. Um uh, I'm gonna, I'll give you a little bit of insight. I had prepped for the Kansas City Pipe Show because it's a smaller show and because the, it's not nearly as crazy as, uh, as the Chicago Pipe Show. So I sold off a few of my personal pipes and uh, kind of brought some pipes that I was going to horse trade with. And so I had a, a pipe buying budget to go to the Kansas City Pipe Show. All right, so I get on the plane on Thursday, get there. Anytime I go into a town, whether it be uh, where, anytime I go anywhere for a pipe show, I always try to hit the local retailers before or after the show. So Thursday, I get off the plane and I go directly to two smoke shops, both on the north side of Kansas City. One's a discount volume outlet and the other one's a tobacco shop. Do my business there, then head over to the hotel, get checked in, and again, the Argosy, if, if you're coming to Kansas City, man, you got to stay at the Argosy. The hotel rooms are nice, but the bathrooms are spectacular. The The water pressure and the shower is massive, and it's just great. Uh, then from there, I went and picked up James Gilliam, pipe maker, fresh off the airplane from uh, from Germany, and we drove to Cigar and Tobacco in Overland Park, Kansas for the Thursday night uh, traditional Kansas City Pipe Club meeting. Just hung out with a whole bunch of uh, club members and some of us out-of-towners were there and sat there and smoked and talked for a while. Then headed back to the hotel and that was pretty much it. I mean, we were we were all kind of tired and worn out at that point. Friday... Uh, got up in the morning, had some work to do, then snuck off to the uh, Walt Disney, uh, the Walt Disney Family or the Walt Disney Birth Town Museum or Walt Disney Hometown Museum is is exactly how they've got it in Marceline. Spent the afternoon there with uh, with Mary McNeil, and we drove back. Friday night, gathered around the smoking tent, and it was a little warm outside, but drinks were pouring, and there was. Uh, Six or eight vintage tobacco cans that were opened, including some 60, 70-year-old cigarettes. I tried a bowl of some Three Nuns that had to be about 30 years old. And that's the kind of stuff that you get to do at a pipe show. So we all hung out and uh, smoked and drank and ate in the hotel. It was a good night. Saturday was when uh, the show opened, so got up early, got got my table set up, and started my uh, horse trading and sampling of tobaccos. Uh, hopefully in the next day or two, I'll post some pictures of my, the results of my pipe trading and pipe buying. Uh, but I'll give you a little bit of insight. I found a brand new Ryan Alden pipe that I bought. I traded for I traded one Sassini for two Sassinis. So I got a, a four dot patent era deluxe. And then a uh, later in the family era Sassini Rustic that's just a tall stacked uh, 
tall stacked billiard that'll be fun to break in. It was very lightly smoked. And then I also uh, picked up a Jody Davis tan sandblast pipe. So I'll post pictures of those on my Facebook page so you can see a little bit of the horse trading that I did. Uh, Saturday, the pipe show was busy all day. I was really happy to see that there was a lot of you guys, a lot of show listeners came out and said hello, but it was busy all day long. And the little smoking balcony off of the showroom was busy all day long with people out there smoking and uh, hanging out and talking and people coming and going throughout the showroom the entire time. Got a chance to spend some time with... uh, with Scott Klein on Saturday night. Uh, Scott Tinker was there. A whole bunch of people that you would have heard on the show were there, including uh, Nate King, Grant Batson. Uh, Greg Pease was at the show, so it was fun to hang out with Greg. Of course, I got to spend time with Mary McNeil. Uh, if I'm leaving somebody out, oh, Steve Monjour was there wearing his uh, pink shirt, of course. Just a just a good group of people, and again, the show size is small enough that you get to see everything, yet big enough that there's still a lot to look at. Uh, the Kansas City Pipe Club did a wonderful job of putting the show together and keeping the activities going, and they also did a great job of getting some local retailers out there. So Fidel's in Kansas City was there, uh, David's Briar Shop from... Des Moines, Iowa, they brought down some old pipes, uh, old new stock or new old stock, whatever you want to call it, that that was great to see. Uh, just for him, down in Springfield, Missouri, those guys brought out some of their house blends and were sampling those and showing them off and brought some old stock to look at. So if you get to a pipe show, you get a chance to see some stuff, even from uh, from retailers that don't have a big uh, big presence or they may bring some stuff out that they want to get rid of and there were some super prices on stuff to be had. Uh, Steve Fallon came out, had uh, 20-something pipes on his table, and one guy bought 18 of them. Boom. All gone. It was that quick. Uh, stuff like that happens at a pipe show all the time. The uh, seven-day set this year, the seven-day American Carvers set, which I'll leave all the details for the article when it comes out and all the posts on uh, Facebook and Instagram and all that Snapchat stuff, but uh, it was all of Cavaliers. And one of these days, I guess we really ought to get into what exactly is a Cavalier shape. Some really interesting takes on pipes. I mean, really interesting. Uh, Really beautiful designs. Some that didn't look smokable, but they were absolutely beautiful to look at. Uh, Let's see, uh, what else happened? Um, Saturday night, the dinner with uh, Rick Newcomb did his presentation of uh, pipe smoking in the movies. So I got to see that again, and that was a lot of fun. Now I've reminded me of a few movies that I want to go back and see. Sunday at the pipe show, just a little bit slower. uh, But that, again, was time for me to do a little bit more horse trading and finish off some of my deals that I wanted to do. Sunday night whole group, about 16 of us, went out for Kansas City Barbecue, and of course the argument, well, whose barbecue is better? Texas versus Kansas City versus Memphis versus North Carolina. Anyway, went back and forth. And then uh, Sunday night, stuffed full, went to bed. Monday morning got up, had some work to do, headed home, and uh, got home last night. So there you go. Alright, in just a minute, we'll have uh, Nathan and Bobby on the phone with me, so stay with us. 
This is Internet Radio. Signore, signore, scusi per favore, but what is that intoxicating and delicious aroma coming from your pipe? Oh, uh, this is Molto Dolce, my all-time favorite blend from Sutliff Tobacco. Do you like it? I found it on SutliffMoltoDolce.com. Do you mind if I try? Oh, signore, this truly is Molto Dolce. So charming that you even speak my language as it is truly very sweet. <laughs> just like you, I am sure. I can just taste the warm caramel and sweet dripping honey gushing through my mouth. Oh, and even better, the rich vanilla flavor plays so well with the other tastes over my tongue. It is like they are all having a giant playful pillow fight on smooth and silky sheets of tobacco in my mouth. Pure heaven! Mi piace moltissimo, mi amore. Can't you see it, signore? I can see it. I can see it. And signore... Best of all, no tongue bite. Grazie un milione for the pipe, signore. Hey! Sutliff Tobacco Company will not be held responsible for any loss of one's favorite pipe customers may experience when smoking our delicious Malto Dolce blend in public. Don't try to fool us. We know something is getting you down. The world. The job. Your wife. The rotten kids. What you need is a break that is guaranteed to boost your spirits. And the West Coast Pipe Show in Las Vegas provides that break every year. Get off the plane. Look at those garish neon lights on Las Vegas Boulevard and start smiling. Then come to the Palace Station Hotel for a two-day non-stop spirit-lifting immersion in your favorite hobby. Pipes. Nothing but pipes. Smoke on the showroom floor. Gamble, or gamble with those great friends you see all too infrequently. When you get home, only a little bit poorer. And why shouldn't the kids go to the local JC instead of being spoiled by that expensive university? You'll be so much happier to see the wife and the kids. Unfortunately, we can't help with the job situation. November 6th and 7th, 2015... Las Vegas, Nevada. Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show. And as I said, we've got a duo tonight. Yeah, a young duo. Joining us on the telephone is uh, Nathan Dickerson and Bobby Paver, both of Mother Folk. Nathan, Bobby, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Brian. All right, so, Bobby, we'll start off with you. Tell everybody how old you are, where you grew up, and uh, what what you want to be now that you're all grown up, supposedly. <laughs> um, I'm Bobby Paver. I'm 23 years old. Uh, I grew up, I did most of my growing up in Yorkville, Illinois, and then in high school I moved to Maysville, Kentucky, um, where I met uh, the other gentleman on the phone here. Um, what I want to do when I grow up, um, I want to smoke pipes, but you told me to say that before we started, and uh, <laughs> I want to be in a band as long as I can until I actually grow up. So, And Nathan, where are you from? I am, did most of my growing up in Helena, Montana, and 
I moved to Maysville, Kentucky in middle school where I met the other gentleman on the line. And uh, when I grow up, I also want to smoke a lot and just be in a band. All right, so which came first for uh, both of you? And you guys can fight over who goes first, but what, you know, what, was music a first love right away? Uh, uh, yeah, I would say, I mean, yeah, I would ever, I would say ever since like early middle school, I've always had that dream of being a musician. Uh, yeah, probably the same for me. Um, grew up listening to records in the basement while my dad would work on stuff. Um, he did a lot of carpentry things and, um, would always have the record playing. It would always be like. Paul McCartney and the Wings or, I don't know, some old Billy Joel record. And, yeah, I loved it from a very young age. Yeah, Paul McCartney's that guy that Kanye West just discovered. Um, yeah, yeah, you guy. Yeah. Anyway, so, what in, uh, Nathan, what instrument do you play? I play electric guitar and I sing. And did you start out with the guitar or did you dabble with anything else? Uh, I started out on bass for like I don't know a couple months until I realized bass was boring for me <laughs> and then straight to the straight to the six strings and chasing girls yeah that's what the girls liked more so you know that's what I did did you did you do any music through high school or were you were you a band geek um I was in band in middle school um but not in high school and Bobby, what'd you start out with? Um, I started out with acoustic guitar. Uh, I actually, well, I started out with electric and um, took lessons week to week. And I just didn't like my teacher very much. And I, at, as a 10-year-old, I had only accomplished as much as learning half of a Santana song. And uh, and then I picked it up pretty good for a 10-year-old later. Yeah, it yeah. was. like, and I think it's Dark Side of the Moon. The one <laughs> with, uh, what's his name? On the uh, Rob Ashbox Thomas? <laughs> no, yeah. Ashbox 20. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, and then, you know, I picked it up about five years after that and was really involved in choir all throughout high school, um, which I didn't really love, but um, pretty involved in uh, church as well as far as music goes. How can you not love choir? I mean, it's all girls, and you don't have to carry a whole bunch of instruments around. <laughs> well, it's not all I think girls. that was the only reason anyone was in choir in high school. <laughs> Actually, we did a mixed choir, so we had to sit between, um, like, we didn't sit in our own sections. We sat, like, I sat in between a soprano and alto, and they talked the most. They just gossiped, and they would talk about their girl problems, and it was just never <laughs> fun for me at all. <laughs> All right, so we fast forward. How did you guys you guys met in uh, Kentucky? Yeah, yeah. And how did the band form? Nate, you want to go? I'll, I'll add on. Yeah, sure. Um, well, we knew each other in high school. Um, we didn't really hang out much or anything, or were friends at all. But uh, we both ended up going to the same college, and that's kind of where we started becoming better friends. And uh, eventually, just well, here's the thing, Brian. He actually didn't like me at all in high school. No, <laughs> well, I didn't. Well, no, Bobby was the worst. You were in the choir. How could he like you? <laughs> exactly. Nah, that's, 
Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> no, and I, I totally uh, erased him from my memory in high school. Like, I, I, sometimes I don't even remember that he went to the same high school as I did. Um, <laughs> That's very true. We, so we just we have a lot of memories. <laughs> I think we had a lot of overlapping friends, but we weren't friends personally. So No, no. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, in college, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, um, in college, we uh, lived right across the hall from each other, so we hung out a lot. And eventually, just um, we would just show each other songs we'd written, and that kind of just turned into writing songs together and became Mother Folk. What's the, uh, what's the source of the name of the band? Uh, oh, it man. sounds like the curse word. No, <laughs> really. So how would yeah, yeah, you have to be really careful? How would you describe Mother Folk as a uh, as a band? Um, well, it's weird because like it, it's gone in different phases. I think because um, like Nathan was saying, it, it first started out and it was just me and him. We were playing music together, and we kind of found some similarities of what we were writing, and um, so that's what we were. And for the longest time, we didn't really want to take it to a full band or anything. We just wanted it between us and. We even went to Nashville the first time to record the first album, just the two of us, um, and a producer in Nashville. And so it was very personal, very, very just us and our influences on the music. And and we liked it. But then, you know, soon we got a band. We got two other guys um, with us so we could actually tour and play our music live because it wasn't really going to work <laughs> with just two of us to play, you know, live music. So it, it's changing a lot, and I think it's continuing to change all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you guys think that your that your music has changed since I mean, from high school into college, and now that you're out recording, it, have you seen a, a growth in it? I would say so. I mean, especially with the addition of two more guys, it kind of just newer stuff that we record it sounds uh not different, but it's definitely progressed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Bobby, what was it like getting getting to Nashville and getting in the recording studio for the first time? Um, it was really like it was more it was less intimidating than I would have thought. Because um, you know you you hear about all these things in Nashville and like the great studios. We actually found this guy that was just starting out, and he was just in a house studio. Um, he had, you know, he had a music career and stuff like that before, but now he was just doing some producing. So we got this really good price and, um, for, for the quality, it's, you know, fairly decent. Um, yeah. And, uh, so like being there was super fun. We found that we actually found a smoke shop there. Um, this cigar shop really close to where we were. And it was funny cause like half the nights, we were, or actually every night we went there and we smoked after we yeah. recorded, like not even thinking about what it would do to our vocals or anything like that. We just, uh, actually, I don't know. It's Smokers Abbey. I, I, I'm yeah. sure that you, yeah. So no, right I don't know if you would is. have heard it, about it all. Yeah. Um, it's a really, really cool shop. It's, they, they do this thing where it's all just like open door. They have couches where you can just sit down and the guys are just like, they want to talk to you. They want to uh, hear your opinion. And that was when me and him were just starting out and smoking. And so uh, 
it was kind of a new thing and we were welcomed really, really well. But so that was half of the experience when we first went to Nashville because we were just getting into pipe smoking at that point, actually. Yeah. Did either of you smoke prior to picking up a pipe? Uh, yeah, you yeah. know, we dabbled in cigars for a while. Yeah, um, well, around, like, my, my dad always smoked a cigar um, at, at, like, family parties and stuff, or I would see that. So growing up, I wanted to be like that. So I'd smoke a cigar every once in a while, and I got Nathan into smoking cigars. And every once in a while, Pipe Talk was mentioned, and I was always like, that's stupid. Like, we're never going to do that. <laughs> you know, like, that's, that's just the dumbest thing. Like, I was, we were smoking acid, honestly, and I was like, I'm going to die smoking acid. That's, <laughs> that's, which I probably will, but, um, but then, I don't know. And then Nathan came back with a pipe one day, and I was like, oh. And it was like one of those Missouri Meerschaum. It was one of the Briar ones they have. And I was just like, well, it went out like 30 times in my first smoke, but I was hooked. Hooked from the start. Uh, what kind yeah. of tobacco did you start out with, either one of you? Um, the first blend I bought, I think it was like just one cube from a jar in the shop. I bought the pipe. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of aromatics at first. Yeah, we, we smoked a ton of aromatics starting out. Not even, and we didn't even know that was like a shameful thing to do. We were just smoking aromatics and <laughs> just yeah. going for it. No, the well, only, I don't think we knew anything else existed. And, and the only shameful thing to do is to smoke stuff that you don't enjoy. So if you like the aromatics, yeah. smoke them. That's true. And I mean, uh, since then, it's been... Um, like, I've gotten a lot more into English blends and Virginia blends. I really love um, some of Dunhill stuff. And uh, yeah. Frog Morton Cellar is just like my probably my favorite tobacco right now. Um, but yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun to see the progression of, you know, going from aromatics and just realizing, you know what, you know, after a couple months of just smoking this, I need something different. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll talk more pipe smoking, and then we're going to talk about uh, life on the road as a traveling young band. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. Since 1990, Cornell & Deal has been producing high-quality pipe tobacco, expertly blended by hand using time-honored methods, unique recipes, and no small amount of innovation. One example of such innovation is our bestseller, Autumn Evening. We start with whole-leaf red Virginia and strip the stems by hand. The tobacco is then cut into ribbons and cooked for two days according to our unique recipe to create our special Red Virginia Cavendish. Then we infuse the tobacco while it's still hot with our secret flavoring to achieve the sublime sweetness, 
deep flavor and delightful aroma that makes autumn evenings so well-loved by our loyal customers and everyone around them as they enjoy this very special blend. Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. It's a labor of love. Contact your local or online retailer for information. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with Nathan Dickerson and Bobby Paver of the band Mother Folk. And and I gotta tell you, you guys almost sound like an old married couple the way you the way you bicker back and forth and it's a lot of fun. So keep it up. I keep, yeah, I'm grounded. Yeah. And and Nathan, since you've got the beard, we know which part of the couple you might be. Um but Nathan <laughs> Nathan, was there was there a type of tobacco that you tried early on that just didn't that just didn't do a thing for you? Yeah, I remember. Um, like this was around the time when you know we'd been smoking for a few months, and it was just all strictly aromatic. I remember going to a pipe shop once, and uh, I was like, I want a little something different. So I got this. Uh, I think it was a mainly like Perique blend. I don't know what kind it was. It was just out of a jar. And uh, I was super excited to smoke it, and I remember that I did, and I hated it. And I gave all, like, three ounces away to a friend. <laughs> was that a friend that you liked? Oh, yeah, the, the friend I liked. The yeah. tobacco, not so much. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. All it was right. too strong for me at that point. Uh, Bobby, what kind of pipes did you, besides the Missouri Meershams, what kind of pipes did you start out with? Um, you know what, like, a lot of it was, uh, I think my first one was a Dr. Grabo, and it was bent, and it was probably, it had this really small bowl, and it got so hot, because, you know, all we were smoking was aromatics. Um, so it was a lot of Grabos at first, and really didn't move up from that until probably, a, you know, a couple months ago or so. Nathan, what was your, what was your first pipe? Uh, my first pipe was that little, uh, I guess, Briar, Missouri, Meerschaum. Um, then my second one was also a Dr. Graybo, but I think I bought at the same time Bobby did. And have you... Uh, Yours was, wasn't in a state pipe, that was, that one was? Yeah, it was. It was, okay, cool. From an antique shop. Yeah, there was an antique shop right across from our school that would have these really old gray bows and it was kind of cool to walk over there every once in a while and buy one for 12 bucks yeah and you're talking to a whole bunch of listeners right now that all scan these antique stores looking for old briar all the time get buy them clean oh, yeah. them up and they're and they smoke great yeah the the antique mall is a great place to find old wood mm-hmm. oh, i was just talking about how you could buy all those gray bows at that shop for like 12 bucks even back then, yeah. we were like, "Man, twelve bucks—that's steep." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now you guys are on—you guys are touring an awful lot, performing everywhere possible. What kind of places are you? Uh, what kind of places are you playing? How many nights are you out? Uh, it really just depends. We usually do um, every couple months. We'll do like a few weeks out on the road where we're playing mostly every night. And then uh, we come home and, and take a break for a little bit, and then we go out and do it again. A lot of our shows are, like, in the Cincinnati and Columbus area, because um, that's where we based ourselves. 
Um, yeah. So typically there, I know we were playing like a festival in Wisconsin at the end of the summer, so that should be fun too. Yeah. And didn't you also do a trip out to the West Coast? Yes. Yeah, yeah we did. That was it. Was awesome. Probably uh, it was an awesome tour, and we probably did the most smoking out of any tour on that one <laughs> because yeah. we were in the car yeah. for about twelve hours a day, so it was all there was to do. Yeah, we bought this huge conversion van, and so um, and you know. Uh, it's a 90s, well, is it a 90s vehicle or early 2000s? 2001. So it's got, it's still got all of the ashtrays that you need. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we would be bored or something, and when we weren't playing Nintendo 60, 64 or uh, watching a movie, or sometimes when we were doing that, we'd just light up a bowl, and it was fun. So where all did you play out on the West Coast, and how, I mean, did you actually, you guys drove out there in the van, and were you sleeping in the van and doing all that stuff? So, no, but it was a whole bunch of different things. It was just, um, like, we started out, um, we kind of made our way to Texas touring, and then we went through Texas and made our way up to, all the way up to California, um... And we stayed, uh, one night we stayed at my cousin's house in Phoenix because we didn't know that he was right down the block from where we were playing. Um, and he showed up at my, at my concert, so that was fun. Another night we, in Phoenix, it was like right before the Super Bowl. Um, so we stayed at this Night's Inn, and actually we had, there's blood on the wall of the <laughs> Night's Inn. Oh my God. Um, it was, it was terrifying. Fun. So and then some nights we stayed in the van and you know it was just yeah uh, it just really random it was kind of just living day by day honestly nah. yeah it's like it's super I don't know you're always worried about where you're gonna sleep that night but I don't know, we always figure something out if you know if anything we pull off and we just sleep in the van mm-hmm. and there's a lot of us too so there was five, there were five of us on the road so uh, you know yeah at any given time someone could just drive for us. So I'm imagining between five guys in a van and all the smoke in the van and everything, that van had to have a, a very special odor to it. <laughs> oh yeah, it's great. It's what did Joel definitely our own? Oh yeah, we um, a friend of ours. It was actually right after that tour. He um, he came and checked out our van because he had never seen it before, and he got in it and he was like, you know, this is weird, but. This van kind of smells like urine and smoke, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, that's that's very accurate." <laughs> that's on the dock. Bobby, what was your favorite place playing out west? Mm, out west, just making me nostalgic, honestly. Um, yeah, it was it, out west. It was not as much the, the shows, but we got to spend one day on, at in San Diego and just on the beach and it was like amazing um, but what happens a lot of the time is we'll have uh, we'll have younger um, teenagers that like our music uh, primarily girls um, so <laughs> there's that um, and so they can't come to our bar shows because we'll play a lot of um, you know bar shows and uh, so they'll put together some sort of a house show and we had that in Orange County, California, happen to us. We showed up, the five of us showed up, and it was just like, 
when the party started, more people came, but it was like just 15 teenage girls, and it was like, and their parents, but also it was like kind of weird, you know, like <laughs> we're all plus 20, you know, and just one of, uh, I shouldn't get into that. One of us was totally okay and very comfortable talking to, <laughs> to uh, these teenage girls, but I, uh, we won't get, we'll save that for another day, maybe. <laughs> now, uh, Nathan, are these the, are, these are not the kind of shows where you're getting paid a huge amount of money to, to perform. These are just drinks and, you know, drinks and some food and a little bit of pocket money. Yeah, that's usually about what it is. Um, every once in a while, we'll have like a really well-paying show. And that's usually what ends up like fueling the tour or giving us a profit on the tour. But yeah, mostly night to night, it's like gas money, some beer. That's about it. And the, you know what? Like the house shows that we do, like that house show in Orange County. Um, oh, yeah. What's so great about it was that it was all our fans, and they knew our music, and they knew the words. So it was just weird, you know, like from based out of Cincinnati and on the other side of the country, these people like enjoy our music and, you know, for a band that's our size, that means the world to us. And then, yeah, it helps that we got free beer that night and they, uh, we pretty much sold out on all of our merch that night. So that yeah, works. Sure. Yeah. Now how does, so that means you've got to bring your own, you got to bring your own merchandise and CDs and stuff like that with you. And, so you're toting all that and the instruments and, and your clothing and all that in one van. We have a trailer on tours like that. Oh, so you're yeah. sophisticated. It's a small, like, a U-Haul, U-Haul trailer. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, where can people go to get your music? They can go to iTunes and uh, search Mother Folk. It's one word, and our album's on there. And is there actu- is there actual printed CDs for us old people that like those? Oh yeah, um, you can go to uh, our uh, website motherfolk dot com and uh, click on merch, and then you- there you can buy uh, t shirts and physical CDs as well. Oh, oh, good, because some of us old people like to have CDs for our old cars that still have ashtrays, but no MP three player, iPod docking, whatever thing. Oh yeah, no. yeah, catered to that. Yeah. All right, so now you guys are a couple years into pipe smoking. You've kind of figured out what kind of tobaccos you like. You're figuring out what kind of pipes you like. You've tried different packing styles. Here's your chance, and we'll go. Uh, we'll we'll go in age order. So oldest first. Uh, here's your chance. Any questions for me? Um, yeah, uh, as far as like, cause you know, when I was buying Grabo's, I didn't really care about the pipe that much, but, um, now I've gotten into buying factory pipes. Um, I always want to, I'm always a little paranoid about cleaning them and making sure that they're, um, good to smoke or have had enough rest. So I was just wondering like, what's your process for cleaning and resting and stuff like that? I try not to smoke a pipe more than once a day. So if I'm going to have four or five pipes that day, four or five bowls full, I try to have four or five different pipes with me. Uh, In between, uh, right after each bowl, I use a little bit of Everclear. Uh, 
I just dip like the first half inch of a pipe cleaner in the Everclear, and then I run that the wet end of the pipe cleaner up the stem all the way into the bottom of the bowl, turn it around, run the dry end through there, and then I also use the wet end inside the bowl just to catch all that extra ash that's in there, and then I'll okay. bend I'll bend that pipe cleaner in half and wipe all around the bowl to dry it off and get whatever ash or any moisture that might be in the bottom of it. Uh, for me, that is a really, uh, it's an important process because I can taste the difference if I've smoked a pipe, uh, if I've smoked the same pipe two or three bowls full and maybe switched tobaccos in there once during the day, mm-hmm. it, it just starts to feel a little, uh, it starts to taste a little tart, a little muddy. So that cleaning okay. process is, uh, is really important for me. Um, but it, it is a bit of a labor too, cause you have to make sure and have the Everclear and have the pipe cleaners with you and, and do that. Right. And now, and now the youngster gets a crack at it. Yeah. Um, one thing, and maybe this is like all in my head, but I've always seemed to notice that, um, Certain pipe shapes seem to um, gather like more or less moisture than other pipe shapes while you're smoking. Um, is there is a science to that, or any reason why that is? Or have you ever noticed that? Has anyone else ever noticed that? <laughs> yeah, and I and I think you're I think you're looking at two things. I think a bent pipe is going to capture more moisture in it because the because there, there's that curve in there, so it doesn't allow the doesn't allow the moisture to come up or come out. Um, there's also airflow issues, and some pipes mm-hmm. aren't drilled perfectly straight, so there's a change in direction of the air coming yeah, of the of the smoke coming up the bowl or in the bowl up the shank and into the stem. So if there's a change in yeah. direction, that causes the moisture to muddle up or it causes a little spot in there where you get some turbulence in the smoke, and that'll create a moisture yeah. spot. Um, okay. I, I know, and I know we talked about pipe cleaners, but even sitting here as we're talking right now, I'm smoking my pipe and I'm putting a pipe cleaner up the stem in the middle of the smoke just to get whatever moisture is out of there. So I always... Oh. I always carry a pipe cleaner with me. If you see me, sometimes you'll see a pipe cleaner stuck behind my ear because I don't want to put a wet, dirty pipe cleaner in my shirt pocket. Uh, I don't mind putting a wet, dirty pipe cleaner in my ear, though, or behind my ear and in my hair because well, what do I care? Yeah. I can wash my hair. Uh, <laughs> but that just helps grab that moisture, and that's some of the differences you get into a little bit better quality of pipe you're going to see where the air holes are drilled smoothly Um, if you're having a moisture issue uh, you may want to also let your tobacco dry down a little bit more before you smoke it just just leave it sitting out Uh, alright two good questions and now we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions no right answer no wrong answer uh, Bobby, you're going to go first, then Nathan. Are you ready? I like that way. Okay. All right. What is your favorite pipe, Bobby? Uh, my favorite pipe is a Peterson Bulldog Rusticated that I have. Nathan. 
My favorite pipe is my favorite pipe is a uh, Lorenzetti sandblasted bulldog. And Bobby, what is your favorite tobacco? Um, it's probably either Burley Morton by Dunhill or Frog Morton's Cellar. And Nathan, what is your favorite tobacco? I'm gonna go either Frog Morton Cellar or uh, Escudo Navy Deluxe. Ooh, uh, Bobby, what's your favorite drink? Bourbon. Nathan, your favorite drink? Gatorade. Yeah, you live in Kentucky. <laughs> You live in Kentucky, you're over the age of 21, and you just said Gatorade? Listen, I my card lemonade. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bobby, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Um, I'd probably go with a, a book um, if I'm just hanging out during the day. If it's nighttime, then I'll go with a movie. And Nathan? I would say book. And the last question, Bobby, any particularly favorite pipe smoking memory that we haven't talked about yet in your uh, short pipe smoking career? Uh, you know what? <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, when we were at school, um, this actually does include Nathan. Um, when we were at school, we would go to smoke at a gas station called Super Quick. They had a truck stop, and it was really fun. Um, one time, I handed uh, Nathan this silly, like, church flyer thing as we were smoking. <laughs> and without thinking, um, without doing anything, he took the lighter and lit it on fire and set it in the ashtray <laughs> in, in, in the midst of everything that was going on. Um, the gas station could have lit on fire. It was just this big flame and I was, like, blowing at it and trying to hit it to get it out because I thought we were all going to die. Spreading the fire. Uh, and I just was spreading the fire all over the place while we are being, like, looked at and probably cops are being called on. And then the bastard doesn't even, like, own up to the fact that he did it. And so <laughs> there's some there's some physical fires and emotional fires that day that were started between us. So <laughs> probably that's probably... Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say that that's my favorite pipe smoking memory as well. So, <laughs> yeah, I was I was gonna ask if you had one that included not not lighting your beard on fire. No, that that one was my favorite. Okay. <laughs> All right, I have one last question for you guys, and it has to do. What is the deal with the bananas in the pictures? <laughs> oh yeah, oh my gosh. still doing that? I don't even remember that. Um, yeah, that was okay. That was one of our first mix. Yeah. So, well, Jacob, our drummer, um, who's just a goofball, um, whenever we're smoking pipes, he'll be like, he'll light up a match because he doesn't enjoy it as much, and he'll just smoke on the match and kind of mock us. And But he's just uh, a total goofball, but he eats more bananas than anyone that I know. Um, so yeah. he was the first person we met in the band, and he always had bananas around the apartment. And so we would just grab a banana when we were ever there, and then, you know, they would wind up in pictures or videos. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Everybody, we're going to uh, – music coming up is another Mother Folk song, and check out their website, M-O-T-H-E-R-F-O-L-K.com. There's a list of all the upcoming – upcoming uh, shows and
keep up with them by the albums. Bobby, Nathan, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks thank much, you. Brian. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Internet Radio. Craftsmanship, history, tradition. These are the hallmarks of all quality products. From the finest wines bottled in France to the most highly engineered automobiles manufactured in Germany, Denmark has been the one country in the world where craftsmanship, history and tradition have for centuries created the finest pipe tobaccos in the world. Since 1887, the Halberg family have led the pipe tobacco industry through their ownership of Mac Barron Tobacco Company and they continue to create the most sought-after blends in the world today, just as they did over 100 years ago. In keeping with their long history of providing the world with the best tobacco on earth, Mac Barron is proud to announce their newest creation, Modern Virginia, as a loose-cut version and a flake version. Bright and dark, rich Virginia tobaccos have been combined with just a hint of burley for strength in this soft and smooth smoke with delicious fruit undertones. As the world leader in flake tobacco production, Mac Barron is sure that this blend will appeal to the true connoisseurs of traditional Virginia flake tobacco, as well as those who like their tobaccos on the sweeter side. Enjoy the culmination of centuries of experience by picking up a tin of Modern Virginia from Mac Barron Tobacco Company. Available at fine tobacconists everywhere. Hi, my name is Eileen Sachi from MarketingPipes.com. If you attend the major pipe shows or buy pipes on eBay, chances are you know my dad, Hank Sachi, or eBuyer1932. My dad has been a pipe collector for over three decades and a reseller on eBay for the last 12 years. His new website is marketingpipes.com. At marketingpipes.com, you will find high-quality, hand-picked pipes. Carvers, join my dad's vast network of collectors across the globe and let my dad promote your brand. Collectors, consign your pipes at affordable commissions or buy your next collectible pipe at marketingpipes.com. Thank you. You know, I just I just realized I'm jealous of those guys. I mean, young, talented uh, musicians uh, on the beginning of their pipe smoking journey. Everything's new to them, and uh, well, thank God I'm still good looking. Otherwise, I'd have nothing over them. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, do check out their website, motherfolk.com. And for music for tonight, we're going to play one more of their songs, and this song is called tune for me and it's off their newest ep so please check it out and then go buy it Find your own me. 
Along with uh, Nathan and Bobby, Mother Folk is also Jason Bremer on drums and Rich Miller on bass guitar. Hopefully, we're going to get them out to the uh, Columbus Pipe Show. We'll find out about that. Uh, Speaking of pipe shows, let's update you on the calendar of upcoming shows. On August 28th and 29th, uh, Columbus, Ohio, the NASPC 
the Pipe Collector Show, Dublin, Ohio, technically. Uh, September, September, I don't have the date in front of me. It's the last Saturday in September. It is the uh, Southern Fried Pipe Show. I'm looking the date up as we uh, as we speak. It looks like it's going to be Saturday, September 26th. That is the Southern Fried Pipe Show in Nashville. Uh, the first New Orleans Pipe Show, October 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, New Orleans, Louisiana. In Germany, Speyer, the Speyer Pipe Show, October 17th. And then the season ends with the West Coast Pipe Show, November 7th and 8th at the Palace Station, Las Vegas, Nevada. This year's featured speaker is me, so those of you that listen to the show may get kind of bored, but uh, no, it'll be fun anyway. That is November 7th and 8th in Las Vegas. If you need any information on pipe shows, please go to pipesmagazine.com and click on Pipe Events the pipe events tab and we'll try to keep it as up to date with all the information as possible what's this a letter for me in the mailbag going back to last week's show with james uh john seiler writes hi brian a bit late tonight as i was at a ham radio club meeting however uh john uh, you got to get your priorities straight that's all i gotta say you know ham radio club they can wait you can call it in Anyway, he goes on to write, Congrats on the graduation. You must be a proud dad. Uh, different cuts of tobacco allow for different pipe smoking experiences in terms of packing, burn rate, draw, and eventually taste of the tobacco. Nice summary. Yeah, I had a couple other people comment to me in person that they, uh, you know, the, the, the cut of the tobacco changes it dramatically. If you don't like a cut of a tobacco in particular... I use a little cheap uh, little cheap coffee grinder that I bought at Salvation Army for a dollar, and I just kind of tap it in there once or twice to loosen it up, make it smaller, whatever. Anyway, uh, John goes on to say, You keep coming up with these pipe makers that I do not know, and James Gilliam is another one. I'll bet he got beyond some bloodstained pipes. Uh, amazing that he bounced around so much and was able to learn how to make a quality pipe. It is quite different to hear of a pipe maker who does it for re- relaxation and not for money. Nice interview. Uh, music, Don, Don Fleming's song, Loan Me Your Heart, was interesting. I really don't think you want... <laughs> oh, he said, I really don't think you want an asbestos blanket. Maybe fire-resistant, but definitely not asbestos. Next thing you'll want is one of those asbestos pipes from the 1950s. Nice ideas for Father's Day. I hope the appropriate people were listening. Rant, I agree. A time limit should be placed on elections. 30 to 45 days is reasonable, not a year plus ahead of time. But then again, look how much money is involved. Great show. Keep up the good work. Thank you, John. And Casey Ghost, Dan Coomer, the classy curmudgeon, as I'm now going to call him, and oftentimes correct curmudgeon, uh, writes, Congratulations on the graduation. That is just great. I really like different cuts of tobaccos, ropes, plugs, uh, cube cut, ribbon cut, coins, shag, etc. All are useful. Enjoyed the interview very much. I could certainly relate to the traveling portion of Jim's life from grades 1 through 12. I didn't go to kindergarten for some reason. Uh, I attended 19 different schools without ever getting expelled. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, he goes on to say that Jim's story of getting into pipe making was a little different than most. I got a kick out of his story of billiard issues. At last year's KC carving contest for billiard pipes, we got over 55 entries, and yet there weren't 10 of them that would pass 
the literal test of what is a billiard. I'm looking forward to meeting Jim at the KC Pipe Show. Just love the Dom Fleming song. You could almost hear Louis Armstrong singing this. Uh, NASCAR apron is a good idea, but an asbestos anything is bad. Denmark runs a parliamentary-style government in which the leader of the party is automatically the party candidate for the top job, so there's no need for primaries. Becoming the top guy in your party is all about backroom wheeling and dealing. You have to work your way through the party system. Their system generates guys who know how to work the room to build a consensus and get legislation passed enact or get legislation passed and enacted. Ours tends to be more about charisma and packaging and have to learn governing on the fly. <laughs> I will leave that for everybody else to comment on. And then on Facebook, uh, Mike Midori, and I hope I didn't destroy your name, Mike, writes, Hi, Brian. I am a returnee to pipe smoking after a 30-year hiatus. Welcome back. Uh, I just had an urge several months ago and have enjoyed the experience. I thank you for your radio show podcast. I listen via iTunes, and he left a review, which I appreciate very much. Uh, I started with the most recent, and I'm on number 85-ish, though I listened to the first 20 as well. I also thank you for helping me in choosing a bulldog pipe. I had been agonizing for nearly a month over a Big Ben Hilson, Bjarn Viking, BC, and a couple of other brands in the $80 or less range. Lo and behold, I listened to the podcast with the interview of Mr. Gubbles, and based on that interview, I went with the Vintage Hilson Slightly Bent Bulldog. It arrived just this Saturday, so that would have been about a week ago, and was on a, uh, and was on a discount. Woohoo. And I've smoked a few bowls full. Wonderful. First was with Odin's Wind, and it only needed relighting the one time after the char lighting. Wow, it smokes wonderfully, and the fit and finish is wonderful. I've also experimented with a few different styles of tobacco based on your talks. Recently, Sutliff English Oriental, smooth and tasty. Thanks again for your show. Thank you, Mike. And with that, hey, email me, uh, post your comments and feedback, anything you want, on pipesmagazine.com. Follow me on Facebook, Brian Levine. Or you can email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Check out pipesmagazine.com because just this morning, Kevin posted two new articles. One, a preview of some new stuff coming out by Russ Ouellette. And the other one, uh, the pipe pundit, Fred Brown, just posted brand new articles. So there's always a lot to read there. And as we've got long summer evenings now to sit outside on the front porch hey bring your laptop your pad your whatever pop up pipesmagazine.com and read those articles all right rant time coming up next if you're looking for quality if you're looking for a variety and if you're looking for someone with a reputation for nothing but the best you're looking for cupofjoes.com CupofJoes.com has hundreds of pipes to choose from and thousands of different pipe tobaccos. CupofJoes.com is also your one-stop shop for Peterson Pipes, their exclusive line of Peterson Kelly Pipes. Check out their remodeled website at CupofJoes.com and be sure to like them on Facebook, CupofJoes.com. Quality products at extraordinary prices. What are you looking for in a pipe? Is it the quality of aged briar? Is it a certain shape or finish? Maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless, smooth draw with each and every puff. 
That's exactly the kind of pipe Savinelli has delivered for generations now. With such a variety of shapes, finishes, and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 collection, and the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. For a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well. The exotic cashmere, the sultry licoricea, and the striking Archibaldino red. So whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you. Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today. So I alluded to this a little bit earlier, and let me just state again from the start, I am not a foodie. I don't get off on all these exotic foods and all these elegant tastes of whatever and blah, 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 blah that all these people get into. I like good food, and I like to eat it, and I like to get filled up. That's me. Thank you very much. I like a comfortable chair, and, and, and uh, you know, hey, make it in a Disney park, and I'm even happier. All right, so Kansas City Barbecue is... Barbecue, it's grilled food with a Kansas City barbecue sauce on it. And that sauce is particular to that area. Texas has great barbecue style food with their own twist to it. Memphis has some great stuff. And right here in North Carolina, our barbecue sauce is, or our sauce is a vinegar based and it's a completely different style. Stop arguing back and forth over it. All right. Stop arguing back and forth over who's best. It, there's a few things in this world that I think are absolutely best. Cheesecake from New York, made in New York City, is the best cheesecake. Deep dish pizza in Chicago, made in Chicago, is the best. Sourdough bread, if it's not baked in San Francisco, it's sourdough-style bread and a bad imitation of it. But when it comes to meat with a sauce on it, it's your own style, it's your own place. I mean, hey, listen, we've got English tobaccos that are made in Denmark and made in the United States, and we like them all. We've got aromatic Eng- American aromatic styles that come from Germany, Denmark, and America. We like them all. It doesn't mean that they have to come from one place to be the best or be specific about it. But meat with a sauce on it, just call it your own style. Don't tell me that it's better than somebody else's style from five states away. Don't tell me that German beer is the best beer out there. Well, wait a second. Uh, You can tell me that German beer is the best beer out there when you're having it fresh in Germany. But when you get to another country, it's not fresh anymore. So it's not the same thing. When you're in an area and they have their specialty, enjoy their specialty. And don't tell me that it's better than some other area's specialty. Thank you very much. I'm all done with that. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. We're going to wrap this up real quick. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to uh, Nathan and Bobby for joining me. And until next time. Who cares?
just sing a song and think about sunny weather. I knew that guy when he was a caterpillar, you know, before he came out. <laughs>